every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. Well, we are in studio. I, I get to see Todd every now and then. Mel, this is like a celebrity cameo. This is like the Oscars. It's like it's a road trip for me. Yeah. <laughs> With McShay getting the home field advantage, you, Chris, getting the home field. It's bad enough. When I feel like I'm away from him, now I got to be here and deal with this guy. I feel like last week, Poor when for leaving his house for the first time this year, <laughs> seven. Yeah, I feel like la- I feel like you came up, maybe not for a bunch of shows, but because last week you felt like we were ganging up I on did. you. I said I'm not allowing this to happen again. <laughs> Jumping on the McCaffrey bandwagon. You and Gruden one day together. <laughs> oh, yeah, here Fifty we go. rankings change. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. just you and Weidel. Little... Annual annual Gruden yeah. fest. Yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, you got the Weidel Fest going all year. I only got Gruden for Weidel one day. Weidel works with me. Right. And he, he's <laughs> responsible for all Weidel his ratings. Weidel is, is part of our staff. <laughs> and he's responsible for all those McShay the thing, ratings. The right. thing, though, at the end of the day, you know. The Weidel McShay ratings. He is one-third in, in charge of the, but, he, he, Steve yeah. Mensch being I mean, the other. Yeah. And but, I have Mel, final say, but but they a massive part of the process. But Mel, I, don't, I don't just run down to Weidel and all of a sudden, with 24 <laughs> hours, my grades change. The thing about Gruden, though. Mel, and mm-hmm. Todd knows this as well, mm-hmm. is before the draft starts, you go, John, who do you like? And he'll go, eh. like, no, it could be no players in the uh-huh. entire draft. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, coaches have a different way of looking at things. I yeah. think projecting ahead is something they're telling you what they see right now. But you, you look at beyond that. What can they be once they're coached up? Do they, yeah. do they show flashes of that? And some players, I think you're always going to have different disagreements. Well, that's the great thing about the draft, though. The battle between the front office and the coaching staff is always interesting. Yeah, every team you talk out. to. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. And, mm-hmm. and it's predictable, too. The players who have ability who, hey, if we can just coach them and I can bring this out of them, those are the guys they love. Like Coaches are pounding on the table for Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Kaiser, whereas – you know, evaluators are looking at it a little bit differently in in terms of what general managers and people who make those decisions. It's it's always interesting to see the difference. Well, and Gruden loves every single quarterback on TV, but then you get him aside. <laughs> I, you know, it's not always the same. Well, the other thing, I, I remember him pounding the table for Honey Badger. This is a great player, but it's it's an interesting point because you always say the coaches and the GMs can be wildly different, and that was a case where. I'll paraphrase what he said. You can think of another word, but he said GMs always talk about character risks. Coaches talk about, you know, blank, crappy player risks. And, you yeah. know, and and he told the story of how Akib Talib was a guy he pounded the table for. Akib, there was some character yeah. risk there. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> he comes, I mean, he'll be, Akib Talib will be the first to tell you. He comes from a crazy background and everything else. And he's really and good he, at football. He's a really good football player. But, you know, and he pounded the table for Johnny Manziel and, Hated Khalil Mack, and you know, there's, we all we all we all miss and we all hit. Guys, wanted to go through today um, some possible. You're you're the next couple weeks. It's a it's a mix of grades, and you got to do your own mock draft where you're the GM, and then you got to do the mock draft where you're talking yeah. to GMs and guessing and seeing where guys are going to go. All a bit impossible. Every year, it's like a new creation of a mock yeah. draft. Which one was this? We call it. We're supposed to do two two rounds of this mock draft tomorrow. For the Thursday night show, right? 
And you're like, no, no, let's do three. Let's do three. It's and then, been three for a long I take time. One, I take one to two minutes to really try to think about a pick and get it right, whereas you just blow through it. And then seven picks later, it's like, oh, you know what? I'm not giving O.J. Howard to Cleveland at 12. I want to give O.J. Howard to um, to Tampa Bay at 19. So I'm going to go back and give this cornerback. Uh, Gary and Conley will go on, to the Cleveland be- at 12. The be- I mean, this is literally how this thing Before happens. Before we get to the topic, though, the best version of this ever happened was only rules. about five years ago, we decided to do a Twitter mock draft. And so you would alternate picks, and Mel traded with himself. Right, Mel was picking for like New right. Orleans and right. the Giants because he's like, he got to I'm a point. With myself, he got to a point where he didn't he didn't have a good fit for a player for that team. So, yeah. like, in his magical Kuiper world, he's always he, has he created, as a legitimate 100 yeah. percent option always to trade back, as if you always have a partner waiting. He always has a dance partner. Oh yeah, always. And I like and then he not and then he stands behind me. If he's and controlling he, and he, 16 spots, just trying to move you along, bounces, yeah. as he's doing right now in his rocking chair, yeah, bounces I'm trying back to move and you guys forth. along. Bounce, <laughs> come on, McShay. McShay, you, you made a pick down yet? every once in a while. I try to get the thing moving. Have you made a pick yet? Yeah. So that, I get that to look forward to for three hours tomorrow. Everybody gets about 10 seconds on the clock, and that one. Are you gonna be there, Sproul, for that tomorrow? I might have to stop by. <laughs> this should be, yeah, this should be television. That three round mock that we they do should tape it. Should be and reality not, and TV. Not have a producer, yeah, because then everyone's gonna get in the way, and it's gonna be segments and scripted. Just put the camera up Just there. Just put and a let camera it roll. up there. Yeah. With, the that, problem. The it is pro- ten times funnier than any show we do all year. The long. problem with that one too is you're gonna get to the middle of round two, and somebody's gonna go. Hey, did you take Malik Hooker? No, did you take Malik Hooker? And it's like, well, rip up the whole Hey, that draft. happens. That happens. <laughs> but if you think about it last year, A'shaun Robinson, Jaron Reed went in the second round. You never know. And we sit yeah. there and look at it, and there's always going to be guys that slip through the cracks. But the interesting thing is the over-under tomorrow, when we do this three-round mock, when how many times does he'll make Shay to shut up? <laughs> Five. I mean, who knows? We should uh, <laughs> offer some props. All right, guys. Dream scenarios mm-hmm. or ideal scenarios for players to go. I was thinking about this because Matt Bowen, who you guys know, did a did a thing today where he was just talking about great fits for some of these quarterbacks. And if pretend you're the agent for every one of these guys, and you go, you know, you want him to go high, mm-hmm. but you also want him to go, you want him to go to that team. place where you know mm-hmm. he's going to thrive. And obviously, and you guys have been saying this for years, and the Dak Prescott situation just made it. A slam dunk. It really matters where these guys end up. But that doesn't just mean you got to go to a great team. You know, in that example, he thought Deshaun Watson would be really a good fit with Hugh Jackson. I don't know if you guys agree, but, you know, even some of the RPO stuff that Hugh was able to do with Andy Dalton, he thought some of Andy Dalton's traits, maybe even a limited ceiling there in Hmm. terms of what he's able to do, might fit. Yeah, I don't don't disagree. I was just curious why. Yeah, bottom line. As you see this, I'm differing opinions on Hugh Jackson when it comes to quarterbacks. I I think so, and maybe it's because he's worked with a lot of different types of quarterbacks. Carson, too. Carson Palmer, Joe Flacco. Flacco. Yeah, I'm still so shocked that he let a quarterback go in Terrell Pryor, former quarterback that he had and developed him, yeah. and saw what happened in Cleveland with that one great year, and then all of a sudden he goes to Washington on a deal that looked pretty, you know, to me. <clears throat> Very reasonable on paper, yeah. and just let him go, and that's what they need. So, uh, I'm, I'm, Cleveland Browns just kind of just make moves that just don't get. I don't, I don't, I don't know how you can have a player come off a career year and be young and be as talented as Terrell Pryor and just let him go to Washington. Well, I'll tell you this: they have 11 chances this year, so I hope they get a lot of players, <laughs> guys. But I want to go through some players that I think are kind of interesting. I'm going to skip Miles Garrett. I think any team can figure out a way to use Miles yeah, Garrett. Scheme versatile. But I'll go right to number two on Todd's board right now. Jamal Adams. 
maybe he's he's a great player, and I imagine most defensive coordinators can figure out a way to make it work. But if you're looking at the top five, six, maybe even eight, Todd, where you think, man, if he goes there, he's going to thrive right away. Who stands out to you there? Uh, I would say you know, he, he makes sense in Chicago. I think Chicago is probably hung up a little bit on finding someone who's going to turn the ball over, you know, but they brought in Quentin Demps, who's going to be 32 in June, I want to say. By that, you mean more of a guy like a Malik Hooker? Right, right. So, you know, Jamal Adams, his ball skills are okay, but that's not what makes him a a great player. Yeah. Um, But I I think Chicago would make sense just because they need need a leader of that secondary. They need a guy who's always going to be in position. They need improved tackling, and I think – you know, to me, he's one of the three best players in this draft, and, and if they get him at three, it, it would be a, a fit. I think the Jets could be a fit. Um, I think the Chargers need a free safety and could upgrade their strong safety position. So mm-hmm. any any one of those three, I just think he's he's another guy. I, I don't know that it matters what scheme he's in. Mm-hmm. I think he's just going to be a really solid, to very good football player who's always around the ball, has very good instincts for the game, and is a, it will turn out in a short time to become a leader on that defense. Yeah, we will talk about Landon Collins, an early second-round pick, first pick in the second round. Giants traded up with Tennessee to get him. Tennessee mm-hmm. ended up with Dorio Green Beckham. The Giants got Landon Collins in that draft, and they, they hit the jackpot. And he's a heck of a player and wanted to go to LSU. Remember, he was going to go to LSU, and they end up in Alabama, and here's another LSU defensive player. Uh, they got a lot of them they produce, and, and Jamal Adams. I think he goes in the top five. I think Chicago, you, know, you look at it, you know, do you take Malik Hooker with the injury situation with the fact that he's a one-year guy, former basketball player, only five years of football, really only four because he redshirted mm-hmm. one year, limited experience, not an aggressive enforcer. Uh, you know, you look at the center field types in college, get some picks in the NFL, will that happen? You know, the Ed Reed comparison was exaggerated. So I don't know. I think if you're Chicago, Jamal Adams is the better football player right now. Yeah. Malik Hooker, three years down the road, may exceed that. So that's the decision the Bears and John Fox have to make. Malik Hooker was the next guy I was going to bring up just because, you know, you've, you've brought up some concerns. One thing that I'm interested in, Todd mentioned Khalil Mack earlier on. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack, there was some, I wouldn't say limited experience, but definitely he was split. This was a guy who could have gone and played college basketball. And so... Obviously, there was a bit of a bet on his ceiling there. Do you do you do the same math with Malik Hooker? Because he's this great with that limited experience. Yeah, I think Khalil had a little bit more of a body of work. I think that one year for uh, for Hooker is compounded by the fact that it's one year plus the injury issue. Yeah, and that's the problem. I you know you, know, you look at the tackling. And tackling. Yeah, that's an issue with him. But and we said it all year. Well, you, you're at Ohio State. You watch him all the time, Chris. What do you say about Malik Hooker? Todd's, Todd's been on the sideline for Ohio State like twenty yeah, times. Yeah, I mean we said a lot. He ain't the guy that's going to throw his body around and be the yeah. typical safety type that we're used to seeing. And you know, is he going to learn now? He's got limited experience. Is he going to all of a sudden toughen? up once he's in the league and really cares about it it's not a toughness thing and maybe and maybe he was hiding the shoulder a little bit too yeah that was bothering that's that's the fact bell turned down contact times last year a lot when i was watching his tape von bell didn't have a great year i don't think that i don't think that this guy turns down contact i just don't think he's that big strong or or he's not a punisher well he doesn't want to tackle and i think that's the thing you either might want to or you don't i mean we said that chris and i talked about that in october you can want to and suck at it (laughs) I think he wants to and sucks at it. All right. Well, it doesn't look or like he's he he, I think he wants to and is not. I don't think tackling a football yeah. player with the ball is something should be all that difficult at the collegiate level. 
If you can't do it in college, you're saying he's going to do it in the NFL? I'm, no, you're, you're not hearing me. No, you were just you're making the case for him at number three, you're though. Questioning no, his... I, said, I said that's a decision they have to make, yeah, okay. Jamal Adams or Malik Hooker, you're for those reasons. You're questioning his toughness. I'm saying there's a difference between toughness and skill at tackle. So you're saying with more experience, just, he can become a good tackle. I'm just saying he's. I don't think he's the most physical guy, but I don't think it's a toughness issue. I think he's just not a great tackler for whatever right. reason. And we should we should say here before 9 million people tweet Todd hates Malik Hooker. Todd has him ranked as a top 5 player yeah, in the draft I, I period. If you, can go, if you can go get me the football Takes offense, the ball from the offense. That's, that, that I've never had Malik Hooker that high. Now, so that's a guy have I, I have him right now. I was, number, I've got him at I got number 13. I will say this about Malik Hooker. He is going to be one of those names, that's why I brought him up here, that if your team drafts him, you are more excited about watching football Next year, because you, as Todd just said, the guy has an ability, a knack, the angles, the athleticism to just take the ball away, and it's it's interesting, man. We'll, well see. some of them. Let's say some of them were layups. So I mean, they were, <laughs> there's some were layups. So no, Todd, I don't. Todd rolls out there. Some of them were. I don't think very honestly. I, I watched every single one, and I I remember thinking to myself, there was going some high degree of difficulty. The Ohio there. State one was a layup. Oh, well, he he played for. Ohio I mean, the State. Michigan one. I think yeah. the Michigan one. I, I thought cons- all things like because usually <laughs> if you have five six interceptions you go through the reel and watch them all yeah like ah well that was a tip like you know uh, Jabril Peppers was a tip against Ohio State there's sometimes maybe half of them or, or a third of them turn out to be layups I thought maybe one or two were mm-hmm. kind of easier ones but he he had to go earn a vast majority of it do you agree though that the Ed Reed comparison is majorly exaggerated yeah yeah I mean I. So you think Ed Reed is in a but rare... But we're talking about Ed Reed Hall of Famer rare at this point. Air. We're talking about Ed Reed at Miami of Florida. That's I tough. think Earl Thomas is not that far off. Really? Not that far off. All right, let's get to another name here. I'm, 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 again, I'm trying to pick players that I you think... You talk about him like you, you think he's terrible. I didn't say that. You have no, him you... ranked 13th. Yeah, I'm not... I have him 5th. That's the, that's the big difference. I like how we just 13. finished a segment and both people are going to tweet at you that you hate the guy. All right, here we go. Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Mel, ideal scenario where you just look and let's say he's a top twelve player. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair for yeah. any back. It can be right. a range. Where do you say if he goes there, that's perfect? For well, him. I think the one that everybody kind of looks at is Carolina. Do you agree? I mean, you look at Carolina and you say Cam Newton needs a little help. They had the one-two punch with Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. They don't have that now. That's affected them. And Cam's coming off the injury. Yeah, the offensive line has been a problematic area tackle. Mm-hmm. That's why Cam gets hit a lot. I mean, Fournette's a pounder. Fournette has to become a, a, comp, a more accomplished receiver, which I think he's working on. Uh, he's got more bounce than people give him credit for. Uh, blocking's an issue. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. Nobody is in terms of blocking. I just think Christian McCaffrey right now is a guy that gives you more versatility. We've said it all year. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, you say, well, Kuyper, you won't draft the running back in the first. Why would you take McCaffrey? McCaffrey's not a running back. So if you're Carolina with what you do, talking about fit again here, would you take McCaffrey over That's Fournette? That's a tough call. I mean, I'm, I think McCaffrey, you talk about a slot receiver running routes, a receiver running routes a, in a pro offense at Stanford who returns punts and kickoffs and can be NFL. He's NFL all running backs, are, I think, are NFL ready as long as they can block. And he's, he needs to improve on that. But yeah. in terms of being a versatile weapon who you know can play right away with the bloodlines and playing it for David Shaw at Stanford, Todd, am I off base saying McCaffrey could go ahead of Fournette to Carolina? If they're both there, could they opt for the more versatile weapon? Yeah, they weapon? could. They could. They could. But, I mean, Jonathan Stewart's got signed a one-year extension. He turned 30 in March. Todd, who's your fit for McCaffrey? Like, just, you're his agent. 
And you're saying, oh, man, I hope he goes there. Oh, New England, but that's not happening. <laughs> Kansas City, Green Bay. New England all, trades all those, up to two All those together. teams at the end of the first round you thought were in play, they're not anymore. He's so what's, go his, what's his floor? floor? I, think, I think a cool place for him to go, I've said all along, is Philly. Yeah. With, with the, you think the, he's getting the 14? No. I'm, he asked me the fit. What is wrong with you today? Are you okay? <laughs> you are jumpy, <laughs> man. What time did you wake up? 3.30 that's in the morning? Milky, that was at Milky Way. Yeah. Have you eaten it yet? Yeah. Diva, get a Snickers. <laughs> or, or a Take 5. Or a Take 5. He's like Joe Pesci. <laughs> Josh, you still have that box of Take 5s in yeah. there? Yeah, yeah sorry, I forgot on this us? week. Oh, yeah, All right, so you would like Philly for McCaffrey. Mel, who's I think it would be an like interesting spot. Have a young weapon around around Carson Wentz. Versatility that offense. create. They're creative. I think Carolina is a possibility. I, I, think, I think a cool place. Well, Todd? Yeah, cool play. Cool the Washington cool Redskins, which I right. Jay Gruden. I think I would be he's never getting the 17. Spot. All right, Mel. You think he's getting the 14? Right, so that's a cool place. <laughs> Mel, another guy who, again, I think fit matters, O.J. Howard. Mm-hmm. O.J. Howard, you money's, money's not an issue. Top 15 range, where do you say, oh, man, I think he's going to thrive there early on? Well, nobody's thriving with the Jets right now. I mean, Josh McCown's the quarterback right now. We'll see they, so, nobody's thriving in New York with that offensive line. Even though they've tried, they to threw the tight ends about yeah, ten times think, last year. I think year an total. interesting team with Tyrod Taylor would be Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that would be you need. You know, he's a weapon and he's an inline blocker. So, I think that would be an interesting fit yeah. uh, for the Buffalo Bills. OJ Howard is a throwback tight end who can block and is a big-time threat in the passing game. Yeah. Amazing they didn't have five to seven catches a game at Alabama. But with that said, he's a top-ten guy. And I think if I had to say, hey, best fit, I think it might be with Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo. I, I think the nice part is, I mean, you, he's Greg Olson. You're, you're getting a guy who is, is a big-time weapon and runs a 4-5-1. They both ran 4-5-1 40-yard dashes. They're both the same size. They both have improved throughout their college career, and I think, just like Greg Olson, OJ's going to wind up improve, continuing to improve as a blocker. I thought he was a, actually turned into an asset as a blocker this past year. So, to me, you've got a guy who can fit anywhere. I mean, you can, with any team, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know that he's going to get down there. Cleveland's got that second pick. We were talking 12. about fit, not where they'll go. Okay, fit. I think fit would be, shoot, Arizona? I don't think he's going there, but I think that would be a great fit. How about that? Yeah. Is that fun? Fair. <laughs> That's fun as hell. All right, Todd. Yes, sir. Fit for Mike Williams. And I think Tennessee. This is, this is a fun wide receiver class. If Tennessee moves back. Sorry. These guys right. are very different. I'm running roughshod, but Tennessee with Mariota, they need more weapons. If Tennessee moves back to a team like Cleveland, maybe moving back up to go get a quarterback. How about the Chargers at, at five? seven? I'd take that too. Too rich? All right, Sprout. Go ahead. Sorry. Mike Williams. What about him? Fit. Alshon Jeffrey? I would put him... Alshon Jr. Hmm. Tennessee's another one. I don't think he gets there. To, uh, what are they, 15? Or no, 18. 18. 5 and 18. I don't know that he gets there, but I think that uh, that would be a, a good fit. I think Buffalo, they could use it. Here's a weird one. What about that and secondary they love option? Carolina. And here's a, I, I just don't see him there, but Cincinnati came up to me. Remember, they lost Sanu, they lost Jones, then it's just A.J. Green and Eifert. Is is that a good secondary spot? I mean, suddenly— You'd like to hope if you spent a second-round pick last year on, on Boyd, right? Coming out of pit. Out that, of pit. That you don't need to spend the first this year. No, I just wonder, because they did lose two receivers. Yeah, I think they, just they, no, they, could. they could. I think the Chargers—I mentioned the Chargers. I don't know if they're talking about Mike Williams. The Chargers, Cincinnati— yeah. 
uh, no question, I think, could look at Mike Williams. And then it gets into how do you feel about Mike Williams? I mean, he ran What about well. Arizona? Arizona needs a receiver, but they also need a inside linebacker, and it could use a quarterback, whether it's Patrick Mahomes. We had heard earlier in the process. And a yeah, they got a lot of needs. They got a lot of issues right now. And it would be interesting to see if Arizona takes the heir apparent to Carson Palmer or addresses needs, and they have several. So, yeah, they could be a spot for Mike Williams. No question about that. Um, Baltimore. I think Baltimore is an interesting team because – you know, they have needs as far as a pass rusher, yep. inside linebacker, offensive, offensive line, well, tackle or yeah. guard, because yep. Alex Lewis can play tackle or guard, yep. right, tackle or guard. So they have to they have to look at, they could look at Forrest Lamp, you could look at Cam, Cam Robinson, yeah. Ryan Ramchek, any one of the offensive linemen for Baltimore is in play. But I think you look at where, the question to me is, where does where do two receivers go? Where does Corey Davis go with the ankle? And where does John Ross go with all that speed and all I that mean, ability with those, mean, those injury questions? Some guy, well, I think Ross... I, Hmm. John Ross was my follow-up because him and Williams are just at the opposite ends of the the skill size spectrum in terms of just, you know, how you look at wide receivers. And I wonder, is Ross a guy where we're going to overemphasize, oh, he's a fit here because he's a speedster. They need a Deshaun Jackson when he's just a really good receiver. Yeah, he is. I think there's going to be concern with durability. Can he stay healthy? And mm-hmm. toughness. Those are the two questions with him. With Corey Davis, it's durability, and then making the leap. From from Ohio to the NFL, and also drops a lot of drops. As I, the more tape I watch, yeah, and I so, think their focus drops, yeah. and he makes some spectacular catches. But there, there's a there's a higher amount of drops than you want from a top fifteen wide receiver. It's so, a little like Fuller coming out of Notre Dame last year, where he can beat you over the top, but he's got to hold on. Yeah, to I think it. the guy that's going to be interesting. I say this name out there because these other receivers, we don't love any of them. Okay, for the reasons we gave. They don't, they're not elite receivers. There's no A.J. Green or Julio Jones no, here. Correct. So I think Zay Jones from East Carolina comes into the discussion as a player. That I say, why isn't he talked about more? Now, is it the system? Well, Senior Bowl, he made the contested catches down there in Mobile. He ran well. Does he play quite as fast? Maybe not. Great bloodlines with his father, Robert. He'll block, which impressed me against South Carolina. After a drop, he blocked. He caught 22 passes in that game. Why is Zay Jones not more in the discussion with these three? It's a good question. And I'll tell you another player. He might be the most complete across a lot of categories if you're looking mm-hmm. at that. Well, I think he's just going to be a great early second round value. Right? You know what he reminds me a little bit of? Who's that? We're in all these comps this year. I was thinking about it this week. I see a little Heinz Ward. That's pretty good. A little Heinz Ward, a little smaller. He'll block. He'll block. He blocks hard. Really he physical. makes the contested catches. He tested well. He's Got great bloodlines, loves the game of football. Hines was, what, a Hines four? Hines was nasty. Well, Hines was a quarterback, yeah. too, at Georgia. Yeah. yeah. But he was a, he, he, he has that, mean, yeah, he had that defense. But I see a little bit there. I'm just saying, I think Zay Jones shouldn't be automatically pushed to the second tier in this draft. Evan Ingram, I'm only throwing this out there, but old Mrs. Evan Ingram, who's labeled tight end, there are teams out there that are he's as fast as a wide receiver. <laughs> looking, well, they're, yeah. They're like, they're going to draft him as a receiver and put him in the receiver yeah. room. So I, I think he's a, I don't, think he gets out of the first round i really don't i think you start to look at no we're hearing that more teams and more like atlanta sure. at 31 it would maybe be the parachute a team that could use another pass catching weapon um there's there's a bunch of teams down in the in the 20s that i think will be in play when it comes to evan ingram i, I just when you run the 4-4 and you become a matchup piece like i said recently i think i, I don't know if i said it on this podcast or not i don't know what i say and where i say it anymore <laughs> so much stuff but Patriots a year ago were had the the largest cap in the NFL cap amount of money spent on tight end and safety, and I think that they were they were 
been ahead of the curve. The league is switching more over to the middle of the field and finding mismatches. And you got to be able to create mismatches with individuals, and you got to be able to to cover those guys to have success right now. And I think Ingram is a perfect example. Uh, Jordan Reed was what third third round third pick? round of Florida, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. coming out of Florida, goes to Washington. And when he's and, healthy, and, he's amazing, right? And listen, Durability played a little bit, but I think you're going to see the difference in the value of that position with Evan Ingram who will be a first-round pick this year. I think Dallas Cowboys are another team that could look yes. that way. Yeah, I was just looking at Just yeah. because of having you know, Witten's near the end of the trail, great Hall of Fame player, great player, but you know they thought Escobar was going to be the guy. He's not there anymore. Yeah. So I think when you look at Dallas, they like those those kind of players that can help out Dak Prescott. you got Ole Miss with a Mississippi State kid. you got Evan Ingram, who's got great versatility. They're not tremendous at wide receiver. you got Dez, and then you got other guys, but let's face it, a versatile kid like Ingram. And I'm, I think I said this today to Matt Harrington, who's producing our show tonight, Todd. Mm-hmm. The, you've got Mel and Todd show, 8 o'clock Eastern. You've got Mel and Todd. And Todd. All right. Tonight, Matt, I said, you ought to have a separate category, we should, Todd, of, you know, we have tight ends, we have H-backs, wide We should say glorified wide receivers. Who are the glorified wide receivers? Because that would be— doesn't exactly roll off that the tongue. GWR. Yeah, that's a lot of letters for, for a column. We might have to take that to the workshop. David Njoku? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe like Evan Ingram. No, there's, there, a, lot there's a lot of tweeners, yeah. and I mean, the funny thing about Ingram is people keep asking; they didn't see a lot of them. It's like to put his that four four two in context. Like Amari Cooper ran four four one and four four three, and that solidified his stock as a top five. It matters when you run that fast at that size. All right, I want to hit a few more kind of again players that we debate where they would fit. Um, one that came up was. A guy that was really high, even into December, and then when you you guys went back through the tape, you're like, oh, this is a problem. Where is Malik McDowell going to land where you think somebody's going to light the fire? Maybe it's a Rod Marinelli in Dallas, just somewhere where you think you're going to get everything you can out of him. And, Todd, you brought up Chris Jones uh, last year, a guy who you say, at his best, he's awesome. But do you get it? Do you get it? Is Is there a situation where you think, just anywhere on the board. You know he's not going to go top 10, but where Malik McDowell goes where you're like, all right, he can take off there. Um, I think Seattle would be a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. I think Pete always does a good job with, with those types of players. You've got some veterans and some strong voices. I don't know. I, I think there's enough co- accountability on the, the defensive side. I don't know if mm-hmm. they would go in that direction. They've got offensive tackle issues. Can but block? you know what? They might get him in the second. They're probably going to get him in the second. And they have picked 90 102 and 106. So you've got ammunition to maneuver around a little bit if you want, if you're Seattle. But I think that would be a good fit. I think Oakland would be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Again, are they going to, let's see, what do they have? They've got 56, 56 in the second yeah. round. So How about Cincinnati? How about Minnesota? Yeah. Zimmer? Yeah, Minnesota is a tough spot now. I mean, that, that injury to Sharif Floyd, man. That's the real deal. That yeah. is bad. And it, it's, it's, it is a. I mean, you think about all you do to prepare for this draft, and the last thing you think you're going to need to address early is becomes the defensive first tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Now very the same high. thing happened with the Baltimore Ravens with Zach Gore at inside linebacker. Yep. Plus, you had one of your leading tacklers with C.J. Mosley, and all of a sudden, inside linebacker becomes a neat area. Like ninety nine right. of those surgeries go just as, as planned, and then the you know. Mm-hmm. Well, let's do. Let's have a little fun, and we have about five or six more minutes here for some fits, and just run through some of these quarterbacks because again. Fit matters. We're rushed. To, we're rushed today because we have a photo shoot. I don't know who I, I find more. I'm excited about it. Why aren't you? I mean, this is Allie. This is me. 
I got I got nothing to do. I was surprised as anybody. Listen, don't, you don't blame anything on Allie. Allie Stoneberg. Allie Stoneberg has never done a thing wrong in her life. I'm, bl- I'm blaming Josh. This is true. Me? I'm blaming you, Todd, because you've been wanting this for years. Oh a new Lord. photo. I was going to bring you two take five next on the week. podcast. No you weren't happy with the way you looked in the one. Too serious, you said. Now, this you led, said I was too serious. I you said, and you said that led to this discussion Looks about like a new a photo. Grouch. I thought they'd just take a picture. How many to a photo we shoot? We have 400,000 pictures of us at the draft together, yeah. smiling, happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Our I'm wives happy. would approve them. You approve, <laughs> and, and now we're going to go. Maybe it's Sproul's fault. Maybe Sproul wanted in on the action. Well, no. Mm. No. Oh, you're right. Mm. Yeah, that's a good angle. Mm. Hey, 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 look at Sproul oh, today. He's hey, got a sport yeah. coat on. There's three Sproul's got a sport coat on. There's three people in this room. One of them doesn't have an agent. <laughs> it's me. I thought Brooke Sproul was your agent. Yeah, no, but, she's not. Yeah, but you're one of the. You're the reason we get an agent. You're, you're one of the suits. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Let's put the focus back where it should be. This thing's been off the rails annoyed. most of the time. Todd. Smile. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. What are we doing? Where do you say he's a top 15 pick? There's a range on this guy. Where do you want him to go? And that could be so he can play right away and he gets the right coaching or so he doesn't play right away. Chargers. Hang out out with Rivers. Or Arizona. Arizona. Learn the bolo look. Behind Carson or Rivers. Two guys that have been consummate professionals. Know the... Know what it what if, takes. What about, you can learn from a professional who who puts in the time and does it the right way. And I, I think that would be perfect for Trubisky off of 13 college starts. Follow-up question, if I may. Yes, sir. Goes to a place where ooh, he might have to be on the field as a rookie. Would you rather have Cleveland? Or would you rather have the Jets? There's a few of those scenarios out there. <laughs> Pass, Mel. I, I cannot make, plead I just, the fifth on this podcast. I just got makeup in my eye, which is burning and not feeling too good right now. She oh, never should let's do. Get some more makeup for photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Hey, it's right. your huh? fault for wearing makeup Jeez. to a podcast. Man, that is Bernie. But uh, I think in terms of Trubisky, wherever he goes, he's got to sit. He's got to sit. And I think Cleveland has the ideal guy and, and a guy like. It's Kessler. funny because it's a totally different system, but you guys sound exactly the same with him as he did about Goff last year. Well, Go to a place where sit, he doesn't they, have they, to play this right. They won't let guys sit anymore, yeah. and it's just a shame that they do this. But that's just the, the way the league is. And I think Cleveland, if they do have Cody Kessler there, he knows the offense. He's been in there a year. He had some decent performances for. He a actually played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let him be had. the quarterback. He's your John Kitna to get the Carson Palmer. Nice pull. All right, what about Deshaun Watson, Mill? Deshaun, I think, I gave him to Cleveland when I did the last mock. Um, I think when you look at where he could end up going and the, and the fit. Cleveland at 12, to Well, be Cleveland clear. at 12, yeah. you know, I mean, they passed on Dak Prescott eight times last year. We compared Dak Prescott a little to Deshaun Watson. If you didn't like Dak, you just say, it's because of Dallas's line. Yeah. I still don't think that Dak should have been dra- would have been great if he would have been here. And if you still feel that way, you pass on to Sean Watson. If you feel like, well, we missed Dak, and if we had Dak, he'd have still been pretty good, or we could have really utilized him properly, then you take to Sean Watson. I don't know what Cleveland's going to do. I refuse to even try to figure out what Cleveland's going to do. So I'll just move on in terms of Deshaun Watson. And I think he should be in the late first, early second round. And unfortunately, he's probably not going to be. The team, and I, I asked Todd this, the Houston Texans, are going to look at a quarterback, who are they going to look at? I mean, are they going to stretch it for Nate Peterman? Probably not. Deshaun Kaiser, I've said all along, and I'm a Notre Dame fan, and I've made some mistakes when Notre Dame. Some of my biggest mistakes were Notre Dame quarterbacks. You think? And you, you still have to apologize for them. You actually promised you were going to quit. 
If Jimmy Clausen. Hey, let me just say one thing. To I you. thought Jimmy well, Clausen would have a I chance def- in Carolina. Can I def- I'm not quitting because I was right. <laughs> Jimmy Clausen turned out to be an asset for the Carolina Panthers. He went in the second round. He didn't develop, and that allowed them the next year to draft Cam Newton. <laughs> And they didn't have to worry about losing all this money on Jimmy Clausen. He was a second-round pick. Uh, and he turned out heck of a Sam Bradford went number one in that draft. And, and it think, just turned out to cost the Rams. Didn't get it done. Jimmy Clausen was a better second-round pick than Bradford was in the And I, as I recall, I think you were the one who was saying in so, December and January, Cam Newton Eskimos. is going to be the number one pick. Exactly. So you were ahead on so that I knew. Too. I was ahead of the curve there. Yeah, no, and, you, uh, but I'm no, not, you've never been wrong. Hey, I, let's, I, hey, let's just clear it up. Todd, exactly. let's clear it up right here. Yes, Cam Newton never wins an MVP without Mel Kuyper. It's all Mel Kuyper. Yep. It's a perfect, perfect way to end this nonsense and go take photos. All right. No, no, no. One more. Hey, you're you're right. jumping the gun. <laughs> one we got, more. We got mailbag, don't we, Josh? We got mailbag. Absolutely. I want to do one more just because it's so interesting because he, he's been flying all over these boards. Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. again, neither one of you is going to pound the table and say, yeah, let's get him on the field. I think Arizona would be the best You think Arizona? Him. Because of the deep throw. I mean, what about Kansas City? Hey, they try to get Paxton Lynch. So if you try to get Paxton Lynch and you failed last year, would you look at Mahomes? Yeah, I think you would. But I think Arizona would be the ideal. But I had heard. I think Houston. Well, yeah, early in the process we had heard Arizona and Houston. But Arizona picks ahead of Houston. So if Arizona wants them, they can get them at 13. You're going to spend the 13th pick on Pat Mahomes? I didn't say they were, I, or definitely like I said fit. it's a fit with the deep-throwing ability and Bruce Arians having a whole year with Carson Palmer yeah, to but develop But, God, him. he can't trade down with himself. He might be stuck there. <laughs> you know, tomorrow night... I, no, I trade down. I <laughs> would ask McShay one question. Do you ever think three months ago when you attacked me, when I had the nerve to mention Patrick Mahomes in the second I round? I still think he yeah, is so ma- far from... I think he's the biggest but project. But you moved I've- him up. Yeah, you I've, got him in the late, him I've got him in the late second Why? round. Why? Why did you move up a guy you don't believe in? Oh, I hadn't watched all the tape, and I told you this. Uh, here you we go. Listen. Kevin Weidel influence. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't listen. You never listen. It's amazing how little you listen, <laughs> and you just... Like, the spin that you just gave on Clausen <laughs> oh, was, was so ridiculous. Was I didn't even perfect. have to respond to it. Ari Fleischer would saying, be amazed at it. What? Yeah. I mean, he was a better pick where he but went that's, to Bradford But that's the one. sanity I'm dealing with here. Like, <laughs> why, am I, why am I supposed <laughs> to answer myself coach. to that, this insanity? We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with your mail. Your mail, I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah, your mail. <laughs> That is the uh, tweeting bird that signifies your mail is here. We have a stack of it. Uh, we're going to go to Mel. You can lead off here. Right. BCB Germany at BCB Germany. I hope that's from Germany. Says who's the better four three end? If you were going to pick between the two, Jonathan Allen or or Thomas. Thomas Thomas. I would give the edge there to Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas. Yeah, uh, he's athletic. He's strong. Uh, yeah, he's getting better and better as a third-year sophomore. I think Jonathan Allen's best spot is over the center as a three technique and that center guard. Well, I think he can be an inside wreak havoc guy. Solomon Thomas gives you versatility, but if you're asking me of the two, you wish Thomas had a little more length. Was his arm 33? Not awful, but not great. Um, I think if I had a chip pick between the two, I would think the inside presence of Allen would be a plus as a three technique. And Thomas, if you had to say, okay, of those two, who would be best outside would be Solomon Thomas. I think Thomas, yeah, I would agree. If you had to pick one, it would be Thomas. But I think Thomas ultimately, he's 273 now, which means he's going to be 285, 290 in a a year or two. I think he's going to be a three technique, but I think he's versatile, can move around. And I think Allen, 
is just a heck of a football player that is going to play most of his snaps inside the tackle. And i got to say this. Jonathan Allen's one of the nicest kids, oh, the most the mature man. kids coming into the draft I've ever and talked he to. Is has he been on Darian Mill? Yes, he has. Absolute dog yeah. on the field, too. He is nasty. I the, love, a good kind of dog. A great kind of record. Dog. Yeah, he is, he is exactly what you look for in terms Poor of daddy. temperament. Kind of kid you root for, definitely. Yeah, and a great kid. Mm-hmm. Here, we're going to answer this one because the uh, Jeff Miller, whose Twitter handle is at Big Ugly Lumpy. 22-year-old old, calling him kids now. I know. Todd, you can take this one. Ugly I think no. it's interesting. The Bills having Tyrod essentially kind of on a one-year try-it-again contract. How do you look at that situation? Knowing they're picking at 10, obviously right. filling in that blank. First of all, they got a hell of a deal with Tyrod to get him back for that money and that contract. Amazing. Second of all, <laughs> it shows a lack of commitment to him is yeah is what you, how you have to look into it. And third of all, the reality is what are you going to get that's going to upgrade him significantly in this draft? I, I can't tell you. Now, maybe, you know, if developed properly in the right situation a few years down the road, you can say that with all four of these top guys. But I, I just don't know that I would bet on it. I would continue to try to develop the roster around and, and see how next year goes with him. But could you see them, you know, just take it outside of the situation. Could you, could you, you're GMing the Bills. Would you, where is the earliest you would take a quarterback? Third? And who's going to be there? Nobody. Yeah. Seven quarterbacks are going to come off the board in the first two rounds, and most of them will be drafted around higher than they should So it's have tough because you don't want to take a project in the third. Right, and you've yeah. got to pick at 10 and pick at 44. 44, you got a chance on, like, Dobbs, Peterman, Webb. I'm not a Webb guy. And it's also tricky because because you have Tyrod Taylor, you think you can be a pretty good football team. you got Raglan back. You, you know, you get a pass rush. It's interesting. It's a Three years situation. from now, who's going to be the best quarterback of this group? Three years from now. From at Mel Kuyper ESPN. Yep. My question. Trubisky. <laughs> Who do you got? I asked the question. I don't have to answer it. <laughs> then All right, be... you have to answer this. <laughs> I'm going to hold to that one. <laughs> Mel, you have to answer this one. Uh, Michael yeah. Pog at Quest, at, at Quest Attitude. <laughs> Mel, where is, the, Why bother? <laughs> where is the floor and the ceiling for Deshaun Kaiser? High as he can go, low as he can go. The, you know, as far as the draft? Yeah. High as he can go? Phew. I'm going to say high would be late first. And how, how late's late? Like Kansas City ish. Texas? Yeah, that I just don't I I'm a Notre Dame fan and I'm not McShay said this one. I'm not making the same mistake I made before on this guy. Yeah. I'm not making the same mistake because there's a Notre Dame. I didn't You no, just said you've never made a mistake on a Notre Dame quarterback. I did Where'd you I, have Rick I, Meyer? I, I didn't want Brady I, I didn't like Rick Meyer. I didn't thirty oh, third when he went three. So, but then I got on Brady like Quinn, Jeff George like Love. Brady Quinn. It was like stealing. Like my first two years there on TV or Kyber, I was just plucking him. And these Notre Dame quarterbacks, he was yeah. all buying. Hey, that's my mistake. I'm a Notre Dame fan, but I'm not. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm hey, not let, that. Clip I'm that. not letting that clip happen that. again. That's uh, my Deshaun mistake. Deshaun Kaiser, I think. Imagine if Kaiser had it. gone to Calvert Hall, then Notre. That no, wouldn't have matter. Overrated. <laughs> overrated. Yeah, just yeah. a lot of work that has to be done. I just there. you. I mean, I watch them at Notre Dame every week, and I put the game one time. I do watch them three, the four accuracy times. Accuracy is what. All right, not just the accuracy. It's okay. it, he's in the. Pocket and he's got time to throw, and you can't blame it on not having Ronnie Stanley. He doesn't see it quickly. He just, it just he holds the ball, holds the ball, holds yeah. the ball, holds the ball, and then he doesn't. He takes a sack or he, in the, the inaccuracy, the indecision, uh, all that just leads me to think first round. I I think third, fourth round as a developmental quarterback. When Dak but Prescott's a fourth round yeah. pick, I, is, was Dak Prescott better than than, than Deshaun Kaiser? Yeah. 
Not, not, just not well, now, now, but not now, but even <laughs> then. Yeah. I don't see – Todd, I th- I would think about him right now, and I'll tell you where I have him. I have him as the sixth best quarterback in this draft. I mean, I can see it. Where do you have him on your list? Fourth, but I'm, uh-huh. b- but without a ton of conviction and not a but big gap between me and he and um and Josh Dobbs, Nate Peterman. I mean, they're I think they're safer than Kaiser. I think Kaiser's yeah. upside is higher. He's a high variance guy where you can see him but being a star and you can see him washing out. The two like most that. important parts of playing this position are mental makeup, how you process and, and decision making, and then accuracy. And those, those are the two problems. biggest questionable areas. And those are the two and biggest think... strengths of Nate Peterman. Correct. Chris I... Brown's guy. I get... Peterman, if Nate Peterman is a successful starting quarterback, Todd. You're going to give me a take five? Chris Brown deserves all the credit. All of it. All, because he and nailed it. Him. He found he Nate Peterman. Todd, weren't you on the sideline for the did. Clemson game? I was there. Oh, I think before. Todd you, might have you had him before that. Todd's probably watched I film. I told you this. Two Octobers ago in the loss against Notre Dame. Here he goes. Todd knew him when he was 14. He saw so much you liked but, uh, yeah, but I'm not kidding. Like, I don't like getting into these like junior high dating fights. Like, well, I-, I liked him when he was nine. I liked him when he was seven. You know? I like, love these fights, and so does Mel. Like, then, <laughs> hey. Mel then Mel starts in on Stafford when he's like a junior in high school. He's like, I don't care, Hey, Mel. he nailed that one. It's not about yeah. when you like the guy. It's about making the right decision in the end. You he got the Stafford. And yeah. hey, not only did Mel exactly get awful, not only did Mel way. get Stafford right, what, but what his praise of Clawson won Cam Newton an MVP. Yes. All right, Todd. Here's one. Exactly. This one gets exactly. brought up a lot. It, obviously, Richard house. Sherman is part Best of the call ever. part of the context of it. But not quitting. <laughs> if the Seahawks took Kevin King at 26, we all know the height. You know, it's it's the Sherman comp. Yep. Would that be a reach for you? No. No, I think he's. Where do you? Where do you? Where did you guys have him in each of your last mocks? Kevin King, for a lot of people, uh, don't know. He's six three. I can tell you, McShay ran four four three. He's got Oakland long arms. It's all a joke Oakland except that 24. last uh, last one. It's all Kuiper games, Kuiper creations, Kuiper stunts. That's exactly right. Uh, I have King of the stunt. I have King rated at twenty two overall, so it would not be a reach at all. The thing about King, man, his his workouts. And then you go back to the tape, and you're like, oh, there's a lot here. He'll stick his nose in there. That's what yeah. impressed me. Uh, he's got the length. Uh, he played opposite Sidney Jones, so it got a lot of a lot of attention his way. But he's definitely, if, if we all said if Seattle likes him, why wouldn't Oakland like him? They need him. Yeah. All right, well, we got to a bunch of the mail, got to a bunch of the uh, controversial, not controversial, can we, just interesting yeah. fits. Now Josh can, we, can go feed us Can we wolves. start our photo shoot I've been looking forward to all day? Mel, what is going huh? on? Where did you get this Milky Way? I bought three of them. Whoa. Because I never have time to eat lunch. That's like your like, Rice Krispie treat for I'll this I'll tell year. you what. I feel better now than I ever have at this stage of the day without... All I had today was a piece of pumpkin pie at 4 a.m. Okay? It is a miracle you're alive. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> it is a miracle that you are still living and breathing. Oh, jeez. Here we go. You just jinxed me. Uh, but, I cannot uh, believe you're still living. And I had a Milky Way. You, you eat saw, a pumpkin no, 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 pie he, every he, day. I, I, I had go a out to dinner with him. He'll have salad, chicken... Mashed potatoes and pizza. No, but he takes no the cheese. cheese off the Take pizza. Cheese off the pizza. Oh, He's and by the way, it was not a acid. pumpkin pie. It was a piece at 4 a.m. When no. I got up to come to Bristol. Yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't right. house one. I didn't get up at 4 a.m., eat a pumpkin pie, and go back to bed. No, you I got up at 4 a.m. and had a slice of pumpkin yeah. pie. I'm going to put Gatorade milk, of, uh, and then I had a Milky Way with a, with a bottle of water. You've had so much milk today. You drink a glass of milk. What adult drinks a glass of milk? I drink chocolate milk in the morning, for the record. Hey, guys. Nuts. 
We have uh, we have duty calls. Uh oh, photo, photo shoot photo time. Shoot. Look at Josh saying, "Would you guys shut up and let's get to the photo shoot, please?" But we had a photo shoot for first draft. For first draft, that's good. That's a good wrap for Todd, for Mel. I'm Chris. That's first draft for this week. Hey, next week, it's the draft week. We get the draft. Sweet. Later. All right, we'll do it again. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com/slash PodCenter.